Please stand with us and sing. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. From angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to all from heaven's most gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. So through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled and still their heavenly music floats for
stars together proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to all on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the Sings of his head. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. To us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Amen. Now we have two readings again this morning during the season of Advent. We are reading for, uh, first from Isaiah chapter 11, the first 10 verses. That's page 627 in your pew Bibles. Or if you have a large print, it's in the Old Testament, page 846. We will read first about the peaceful kingdom proclaimed in the book of Isaiah. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall graze and their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox and the nursing child shall pay, play over the hole of the asp and the wean child shall put its hand in the adder's den they will not hurt 
or destroy on all the holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nation shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Now our second reading comes from Matthew chapter 3. We will read the first 12 verses. This is page 880 in your pew Bibles and in the New Testament large print, page 7. If you are ready to hear this word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke of when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. And the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when they saw many, or when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, "You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these." to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown, thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and Fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with an unquenchable fire. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. skies of Bethlehem appeared a star, while angels sang the lowly shepherds. Three wise men seeking truth traveled from afar, hoping to find the child from heaven. Falling on their knees, they bowed before the shadow in your presence. 
to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you for gathering us here. Lord, we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds. May all that we do and all that we say be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. I love this text from Isaiah because Isaiah paints for us this beautiful image of Peace. There will come a day when, when the Messiah will rule and there will be righteousness and there will be justice and everyone's hearts will be known. Predators and prey will live together in perfect harmony. I love those images. They're images that even children can understand, that children understand that lion and lambs living together and resting together is a beautiful image of peace. A peaceful rule will cover all of the heavens and all of the earth and all of creation will live together in perfect harmony. Isaiah paints for us the most beautiful image of peace, this vid image of peace that we can just hope for and pray for, that it will come one day. But then we read Isaiah and we see this vision of peace and it sounds just so beautiful. And then we open up our eyes and we look around and do we see peace? No. Well, here in church, we see peace. Church is my favorite place, you know, where here in church, we're able to see peace and we are able to see harmony. But when you look out into the world, when you look at all of the pain and all of the suffering that exists in the world, it's like we see anything but peace. There's war, there's violence, there's hatred, there's bigotry, there's all of this gross, terrible stuff that is anything but peace peaceful and so we hear this image of Isaiah and it gives us hope but then we open up our eyes and we look around the world and and we sometimes our hope 
gets ruined. But then we read about John the Baptist. Now, I love John the Baptist. And my favorite person to ever teach about John the Baptist was this super quiet er, seminary librarian at the School of Theology at Boston University. He was this very quiet man. He was a librarian, nice and quiet and sweet. And he talked with this really soft voice. I've probably told you this before. But whenever I think of John the Baptist, I think of him. I think his name was Dr. Ammerman or something. He talked so quietly and so calm. And, and I remember the, the one day that he was going to preach at our Wednesday chapel service at, the, at Boston University. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a bit of a doozy as he gets up to preach, thinking it's going to be like a super quiet sermon. And then he gets up, this man, he gets up and he starts going, repent, you brood of vipers, in a voice that I have never heard or could never have imagined coming from him ever. And he gets up and he kind of acts like, John the Baptist going, repent, you brood of vipers. And so whenever I think of John the Baptist, I think of him because he did such a phenomenal job. But then we have John the Baptist who comes. And during the time of Jesus, by the way, so John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus. John the Baptist is the one who gets up and starts telling people, it's time to repent. The Son of God is here. You got to get your hearts ready. You're going to get some serious ministry that's just going to awaken you in an amazing way. And so you have to prepare your hearts because Jesus is coming and Jesus is the Son of God. So that's what John's doing. But during the time of Jesus, there was extreme violence and extreme inequality. We think that things are bad today. I have to tell you, I don't think things are nearly as bad today as they were back during the times of Jesus. I mean, you think about people who are corrupt in places of power. Well, even the religious people were corrupt in places of power. I get that there are religious people today who are corrupt in places of power, but a lot of them were corrupt in places of power more than today. I mean, there were so many people who were just corrupt, and they were all working to maintain inequality. The kind of justice that the people in power wanted then was extremely extreme inequality. And so, you know, when when John starts preaching, he's looking around and there are people who are stuck down low, who have barely anything and they are hurting and they are aching and they yearn for a day when there's peace. They yearn for a day when there's enough food to fill their bellies. They yearn for a day when they are not worked as slaves nonstop day and night. They yearn for a day when the people who are leading them are not working against them. They yearn for that day. And then there's the religious leaders, and this is why I love this Matthew text. So to paint this picture for you, you have John the Baptist who gets up and starts preaching about repentance, preaching, you know, he comes in his camel's hair and and his leather belt. Now that sounds funny to us. It would have sounded funny to the people back then too. Everybody was not walking around in camel's hair and leather belt and eating locusts and wild honey. That was not what people were doing, but John the Baptist was. So he starts walking around and he really gets everybody attention and they start listening to John and they say hey hey there's there's some good news he says that that this Messiah is coming that there's gonna be peace he says that there's some good news that there's this Messiah this Prince of Peace who's coming and and he's gonna share good news with us and he's going to help to restore justice and and so the people are hearing what John the Baptist is saying and and they're getting all excited as he's saying to prepare the way for the Lord but then all the the priests and Pharisees and Sadducees they come and as John's baptizing people in the river they say well we've been saying the same thing all along we've been saying that we're preparing the way for the Lord and that John the Baptist just looks at them and he knows their hearts He knows that their hearts are not good and not right. Do you know what it means to really know somebody's heart? You know, somebody a little while ago, they they were afraid that they had offended me in some way. 
people say silly things to me all the time. I say silly things all the time. It's fine. And what I said to them is I said, you know what? I know your heart. <laughs> You're good. You never have to worry about saying anything about me or to me because I know your heart. I know that your heart is in the right place. That's what it means when we say we know somebody's heart. Well, John the Baptist knew the hearts of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he knew that their hearts were not good. They were saying the right thing, but their hearts were not good. Their hearts were corrupt. Their hearts were working for injustice, not for justice. And so they all come and they're ready to be baptized by John. They're acting like he's preaching the same message that they have been message. And John just sits there and he's like, you better stop right there. You have a lot of work to do before you're ready to be baptized. You have a lot of work to do before you're you're ready to take on this repentance. And I kind of love that, that John, who I imagine was maybe seen sometimes as meek, turns to the most powerful religious people around him. These people were powerful and they were tied up with the other powerful people. These people had power. And John the Baptist, who was basically no one to any of them except for the fact that he, that he had a lot of people's attention, he turns to these powerful people and he calls them a brood of vipers and tells them who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. And so John Baptist gets everything woken up. And what John does is he's able to, to get the people to realize that even though it doesn't look like peace outside right now. Even though people are facing inequality, even though there is pain and there is heartache and there is mourning and there is loss, John the Baptist tells the people, not the people in power, he's, they're the ones that he calls brood of vipers. <laughs> he's not telling it, calling everybody a brood of vipers. John looks at the rest of the people and he said, you, you've got so much good to wait for. He tells all the people, you might be hurting, your hearts might be aching, but the Prince of Peace is coming. He says, you might not have enough food in your belly, but I'm telling you, there will come a day when you will have your fill and that fill will be lasting. Now, when we open our eyes and we look around in the world, the reality is, is that there is still a lot of pain and there is still a lot of stress. And I was doing a lot of studies on helping people with anxiety these past couple weeks. And one thing that's really sad is that anxiety is a rising phenomenon, that people are becoming more anxious as time goes on. We know technology is not helping this. Technology is actually one of the, the root causes of the, the growing anxiety, especially in our young people. I talked to them about this on Friday night because I want them to, to help to process their anxiety sometimes. But we have so much anxiety that's growing in society. And when we have anxiety that's growing inside of us and stress that's growing inside of us, our bodies tense up. You know what I mean? Do you ever feel like your shoulders, I don't know why it happens, but when our anxiety grows in us, it's like our shoulders go up and they become more tense. And you know what I'm talking about? How you get that tenseness right in your upper back and it's like you're, you're holding all of this stress and all of this anxiety inside of you and it can do some terrible things it can cause you to to not be able to eat so you end up with not enough food in your stomach and you end up with ulcers and all of this stuff happens when we let all of this anxiety build up within us but then we have this prince of peace who's coming and advent is all about preparing for christ to come again when he will bring the lasting kingdom of peace we think during advent about the prince of peace coming and returning and coming and staying with us and creating peace but it's hard for us to think about when we we have all this tension and all of this anxiety growing inside of us. You know what I mean? Last night I was, I was praying over all of this and writing everything that I want to say. 
and I, and I was going over this, and then I had to go put my kids to bed. Now my kids know their bedtime routine. Many of you guys have pa our parents here. My kids know what they're supposed to do and at the right time at bed, but are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? No. And so I'm like, come on, guys, you got to get to bed. You got hockey in the morning and then you got church. You know, you really got to wake up or you got to get, get ready. Opposite of waking up, you got to get ready for bed. And I feel as I'm stressing to get them ready for bed, my adorable little humans who I love so much, I feel that tension and that stress and that anxiety growing inside of me. And this is just parenthood. This isn't anything extraordinary, you know. And I feel just as bedtime's going, this tension and anxiety. And I stopped and I said, kids, I'm supposed to be preaching on peace tomorrow. And here you're making me feel stressed <laughs> but there's a, it's just funny it, it's not on them at all it's on me but the reality is if we want to prepare for the coming of the prince of peace and we want to, to prepare for a day when when peace comes and peace lasts then the reality is that we need to start where <laughs> if i want to help to prepare for a kingdom of peace should i go over to sue and say sue you need to do x y and z and make her do all things to prepare for the prince of peace no, I mean, I can. She might listen to me because she is a wonderful person. But rea the reality is if we want to prepare during the season of Advent for a time of peace, if we want to get our minds ready, if we're really truly ready for Jesus to come again and to bring a lasting rule of peace, if we want to prepare for that, then we got to start in here. Think about everything that stresses you out and makes you anxious. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's the tiniest things, but the sad thing is, is when those tiny things start to make us super stressed, you know what I mean? Well, if we want to prepare for the Prince of Peace, then we have to start getting peace ready in here. Which means we need to, to kind of clean out all that junk that's inside of us and get ready for peace to come in and for peace to live in our hearts and for peace to stay there. And you know that the biggest thing, I've told you this before, but the biggest thing that we don't do that we need to do to make sure that we have peace inside of ourselves is to breathe. Do you know that breathing is something that we do nonstop every day, yet we don't always do it well? We talk too fast. <laughs> we breathe, you know, kind of just in and out, but we don't take time to pause and to breathe. I was uh, thinking about a uh, Rob Bell video from many, many years ago, and he's talking about how when we breathe, it's almost like we're saying the name of God. When we take time to breathe, we breathe in the Holy Spirit. This world is full of anxiety, and that anxiety, friends, does not come from God. That our Lord teaches us that Jesus is the Prince of what? Peace, which means we've got to get ready for peace in here. So there's times where we have to learn how to really breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. You know, when I get really stressed, the thing that I have to do all the time is go running. I don't go running necessarily because I need that, that exercise, though it's good. But when you run, you're forced to breathe. During the second Sunday of Advent, I want us to get ready for peace in here, okay? Jesus came one time and humanity killed him. When Jesus comes the second time, we're not going to have that chance. And if we want to be ready to receive Jesus, we need to find peace in our hearts. So on the second Sunday of Advent, I want us to practice some self-care, okay? Let's work on our breathing. 
Breathe in through your nose slowly. And out even more slowly. Practice breathing for just a minute here. There is stress. There is anxiety in this world. It is growing. The reality is that our young people even have more anxiety than we ever had to deal with. There is war. There is pain. There is violence. There is bigotry. All that bad stuff exists in this world. There is heartache and turmoil. We can't fix all that. But the Prince of Peace can. And if we want to prepare for ourselves to receive the Prince of Peace, then we need to find peace inside of us. So breathe, friends. Breathe in the Spirit of God. When those things stress you out, whether they're little things or big things, find the peace of Christ that lives within you. That peace is a gift from God. No one can take that peace from you. Find that peace. Let that peace grow within, within you. If we find that peace, if we tap into that peace, if we're able to feel that peace, then God can guide us in our lives. And if we find that peace that can guide us and can grow within us, then we will be ready for the Prince of Peace when he comes again. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, Prince of Peace. Lord, we just turn to you and we ask that you bless us and guide us. Lord, there's so much hatred and violence in this world that sometimes we find ourselves more anxious than we need to be. So Lord, please bless us. Bless us with your peace. Help us not to be anxious, but help us to find your presence and your peacefulness in our lives. And Lord, we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
blessing of God. Go forth cultivating peace within you and seeking peace in this world. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.